Truthfully, what happens is, as children grow up, we start to educate them progressively from the waist up. And then we focus on their heads, and slightly to one side. I think of the old days. You were better off. Because nowadays, they're all specialists. Everyone's becoming better and better. And less and less. And eventually, someone's going to be superb. Like nothing. Our education systems have mined our minds in the way that we've strip-mined the earth for a particular commodity. And for the future, it won't serve us. We have to rethink the fundamental principles on which we're educating our children. We're not here to tell everybody that they're wrong and we're right. We're not saying that we have all the answers, but um, we'd like to present a different way of looking at it. Hello, listeners, and welcome to China Jedication, episode 51. My name is Joey Pearson, and I am the professional development officer at Moreland University. I come to you from sunny San Diego, California. Mr. Pearson, it is uh, wonderful indeed to have you on uh, the China Jedication show here in the studio today, connecting uh, with you from China, South China. It's sunny here all the way to you in California. And uh, we've got a lot to speak about today. Uh, first thing I'd like to delve into, of course, is your job title. Uh, they say a pitcher can tell a thousand words. Sometimes when you just mutter a few words of your profession, it can uh, maybe not give so much description. So professional development officer, what does that actually mean? Because it does conjure up lots of things. Uh, but in your mind and what you're doing, what is it? Well, the future of education for teachers is really moving away from multi-year programs in which teachers, by the time they graduate, find themselves unprepared for the current environment of education. So at Moreland, we're working to find ways to empower teachers through short-term professional developments that last anywhere from a week to four weeks. And in my role as professional development officer, I have the honor and the privilege of guiding our efforts to create responsive and engaging and transformative professional development programming that really takes into account the needs of teachers around the world. As the professional development officer, I not only help to develop our coursework, but I do the administrative tasks, I work with our teams across the university to make sure we're all in alignment. And I even have a hand in our university blog, the Beyond Borders blog. Uh, whoa. Okay. So that's, uh, that is quite, hey, how about that, listeners? Uh, one of the best, uh, I think, responses to exactly what is your position and what does it entail? There's a lot in there to chunk down. And boy, do we like to chunk it down here at China Jedi. Um, I've got to start off, first of all, with my feeling, uh, thank you for that, Joey, that's really nice and clear, but there's a lot to that. But my feeling about, you know, as a teacher, what PD, uh, professional development, um, the acronym, of course, for that comes into my mind as, and <laughs> there's good and bad to this. There's the dark side right. and, and, the, and, and the light side, not to get all Star Wars-y um, on you, of course. The dark side is PD and, and there's a CPD as well, continuing professional development. And as a teacher, it can kind of be taken as something that, you know, like a tick box exercise, 
Um, oh, here we go again. It's that classic, oh, when you say oh, to a yeah. teacher, oh, well, professional development's coming up, that big sigh. And, uh, and a lot of people can feel it's a, a lot of waste of time. It gets a bad rap, um, quite frankly. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about as a professional development officer. And I, I think as this story goes along, listeners, and as we talk more about what Joey and what you're doing over at Teach Now uh, with your PD programs, I'd really like to touch on how we get away from this kind of bad rap thing. Right. Well, <clears throat> when we think about professional development as teachers, of course, we do have that sort of uh, choral moan because usually professional development is this passive, dull, ineffective experience away from which we walk without anything useful to apply in the classroom. Usually it's some sort of an injection style PD, right? Where we go in, we listen to an expert, we get excited maybe about a new technology, a program or a strategy, but ultimately we have no follow through with applying it in our own classrooms. And so at Moreland, what we've done is we've completely renovated the professional development experience in alignment with what we know works for teacher preparation. We use our activities-based collaborative model to create professional development environments in which teachers come together to solve problems that are relevant to their needs. We're constantly in communication with our more than 22,000 sort of alumni network where we are able to take the pulse of teachers and determine what it is that they need in order to find success and to promote student achievement in their classrooms. And using that data, we can then go back and design collaborative experiences that are facilitated, of course, by our expert faculty, but ultimately that are driven by teachers and their needs, such that over the course of a week, two weeks, or four weeks, they have the experience of learning, adapting, and ultimately applying whatever it is that we are covering in that professional development to their own classrooms. I think it's also important to note that these professional developments don't require you to go and sit passively anywhere, even in front of your computer screen. Everything you do from wherever you log in to these professional development is in fact an active and an engaged process of creating knowledge and understanding, of developing best practice, not simply learning it. So that's really where we're taking professional development at Moreland University and how it is transforming the lives of teachers, many of whom take our professional development over and over and over again as we bring new topics every single month. You know, I mean, I, I have to say, straight away to the listeners that I am a little bit biased um, on this program. I've been interviewing people like yourself, Joey, from Teach Now. Now, of course, you've rebranded into Moreland University, but you still carry the, the Teach Now brand for the teacher um, preparation certification programs. I'm, I'm biased slightly because I've done the program um, in the early days and um, I've seen the great effects it's had for me in my life. And, and I've seen lots of others. I've, we've told lots of others, especially through the, the China Jedi platform, about the massive advantages and benefits of what you guys are doing. I think what's groundbreaking about what Teach Now Moreland are doing is it's really come at the right time where it's taken off using this framework of a global 
worldwide online digital training education system. And I think, you know, now you're going to have competitors that can overlay and try and do these things. But you guys have been ahead for quite a few years and are now, as you've just said, wrapping into this whole realm of PD, which needs innovation and groundbreakingness added into it, if I could use that word. And so I'm really, really excited to see what Teach Now and Moreland do with this, what new recipes you cook up. Because, you know, right. let's talk about the bad rap. I don't want to go back to it again, because I know there are teachers out there who maybe have been teaching for many years and still that professional development. It's that, oh, three or four days of my holiday have been taken so I can right. have to come in and do this nonsensical stuff. And I, I just want to go over it again, because I think you can tap in when we go into perhaps some examples of what you guys have got coming up, how you're going to kind of oppose what I'm about to say. Now, there's six big flaws of traditional professional development that I found scowling the internet, talking to people, doing my research. And I want to just list them very quickly, um, Joey. One is, Traditional PD treats teachers as passive learners. You've said that. Uh, traditional PD is a mile wide and an inch deep. You know, how many, oh. especially upper school teachers, uh, come out of it um, with uh, uh, basically their eyes half wide closed saying, you know, there's nothing that's subject specific at all to what I'm teaching. Uh, number three, traditional PD involves no ongoing support from an instructional expert. Uh, traditional PD isn't tailored to individual problems of practice. Uh, traditional PD doesn't create space for teachers to reflect. Oh, that word reflect uh, on oh, their that practice. that word reflect. <laughs> and just finally, traditional PD doesn't measure its own impact on, on student learning. And uh, just one classic, uh, I was just reading some... Um, some bad teacher experiences with PD in the years. Uh, where, where was it? One of the researchers handed me this. Uh, okay, uh, this guy was sitting in on a PD in his school and basically says it was one where he was, it was postulated, the theory was postulated that we have five brains, uh, one of which developed when humans were running away from dinosaurs. Um, I kid you not, that was a 2018 PD program. Um, I won't name whereabouts in the world, which school it was in. Obviously trying to mix it up a little bit with something a bit more creative. But you get my right. point, Joey. Yes. I think this is an important cornerstone of ineffective professional development. When we go a mile wide and an inch deep, we really leave no room for teachers to determine specifically what they're going to do to improve their instructional practice as a result of their work in the professional development. And that really is a result of an injection style PD in which teachers are passive participants who are there to learn and glean and absorb information. The difference for the most effective learning that we in fact know is not just for professional development, but is for all learning is that it must be active and it must be creative and it must be engaging. So when we develop our professional development coursework, we start by asking the critical question, what do teachers need today? And we've through our research indicated pretty clearly that teachers need, for instance, social and emotional learning. Mm -hmm. They need assistance in determining how to differentiate and create a student-centered online learning presence, how to, for instance, use data to inform instruction. But those are giant topics 
that could yeah. easily become overwhelming and ineffective in terms of a professional development experience. So the way that Moreland has determined that we're going to respond and create these impactful learning experiences is by leveraging collaboration and leveraging reflective planning and creation within our professional development. We start by, by having candidates, and we call our students, our participants candidates, come into a virtual live classroom where we discuss, we debate, we create mind maps, we share experiences, we ask the critical questions that then lead to a week-long asynchronous experience of developing projects, lesson plans, uh, family engagement opportunities based on the conversations that started and then are continued through asynchronous discussion on our platform. We provide the activities, we link in the most important research, articles, tools, and we then provide feedback so that at the end of the day, anyone who takes our professional development has something that is meaningful and relevant and applicable in their classroom that next day. It cannot be a passive experience in which teachers are left to determine what they're going to do to apply what they've learned, but rather the professional development itself has to be the whole process of determining how to apply it. And then as you've importantly mentioned, any effective professional development must involve some sort of reflective practice, be it a Flipgrid video reflection, a written Google Doc, uh, an audio podcast reflection that we have our participants create and submit to us. We use those reflections not only to determine the effectiveness of our programming, but also to ask ourselves, how can we make it better the very next month that we're going to offer another professional development course or program. Mm. Uh, Joey, I'll give you another reflection here. This is just past my, past my eyes. This is from an anonymous teacher, everybody. Uh, she or he says, I hope I die during an in-service session because the transition between life and death would be so subtle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, 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 look, I, I'm feeding this for you because... I received an email um, recently from you because, you know, we're in, in contact a lot. And um, it says you've got some really innovative things happening at Moreland for teachers around the world, uh, most of which uh, have no, uh, no cost, little cost or a free. You've got a lot of stuff coming up over the summer months. I want you to take all the brilliant things you've just said in the last five minutes and now really put some meat on the bone, Joey. What's going on? What are you guys offering? And um, when's it going to happen? Right. Well, and just before I dive into that, I want to note for the audience that most professional development is provided by administrators on campus at a school location, provided right. by people who really don't know how to provide effective professional development. And it's not their job. Their job is to run a school, to support students, to support faculty, to create an environment where learning can happen. And part of that is providing some sort of professional development. Most professional development is provided in a school situation or scenario in which a member of that school is teaching 
other members of that school. And that can be an, empower, uh, an impactful and powerful learning experience. But what we're striving to do through our summer programming is to get teachers from around the world together with the guidance of our faculty to learn and to grow in their personal practice according to their own goals. So we're doing something brand new mm-hmm. here at Moreland by having what we're calling a content conference. In fact, we're having two of them. In May, we're having a content conference for teachers of science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Those are called STEAM subjects. And we're Mm -hmm. also working with teachers of physical education as a part of that larger scientific community. Then in June, we're gonna come back June the 15th and have another content conference with teachers of humanities languages. Now, a content conference for us is very similar in nature to our other professional development opportunities in that it's not a series of lectures, but rather it's a workshop that has a keynote address by an expert in the field who's done research around the learning that takes place in STEAM and physical education and then in humanities and languages. And then during the following week, it's asynchronous collaboration, wherein teachers work together to take what they've learned in the workshops, in the keynote address, in their research, and they're going to develop interdisciplinary unit plans or project plans that they can immediately apply in their classrooms or apply in the fall when school comes back here uh, in the United States, for instance. So these content conferences really address that issue that you brought up of being too general. Professional Mm -hmm. development that's just too generalist. These are our attempt to find ways to provide content-specific professional development, but yet still rely on the interdisciplinary collaborative power that comes from bringing teachers together in a synchronous and an asynchronous space for professional development. That's sort of our first two uh, opportunities this summer. Okay, and I, and I mean, again, I just like to, to say to the listeners, this is not something new in a way. I know this is a new thing you're launching, Joey, but Teach Now Moreland have been doing this synchronous, asynchronous, online, digital learning, collaborative work around the world for many years now, since you guys kicked off in 2013, 2014. And um, of course, it's grown humongously. But the point is your templates there, your knowledge is there. And, uh, you know, as a former candidate, I can say this is what we do when we've done the teacher certification programs. I've recently graduated. I did the master's in educational leadership program, the one year program. And that's what you're doing. You're connecting with people all over the world um, who are teachers in different positions and you're working together and you're putting forward uh, your strengths and you're also improving your weaknesses. And What's interesting, I read a study I like to do. We like to do our research before we speak to professionals like yourself, Joey. And one of these studies, (laughs) (laughs) one of these, we're not just a podcast, listeners. Uh, One of these studies, if I can find it, I've got paper absolutely everywhere. Thank you, my wonderful uh, research team. Uh, This was uh, an article promoting collective teacher efficacy um, in schools in China and the role of professional uh, learning approaches. And what they were doing is they they set up an experiment where we're looking at three different modes of professional development learning. One was a lesson study type model. 
Another was an action research type model. And the other one was that normal traditional approach. Uh, you know, Joe Bloggs comes in, gives a nice lecture and leaves and never sees you again. And what was interesting is in this study, they found that, and I guess not so surprising as you're saying, the lesson study and the action research approach that didn't just end on that day, Joey, that carried on with the participants still connecting, still collaborating, still improving, still enhancing and reflecting over the coming weeks and months, actually, as that went on, setting up projects together and not just within the school. So what we're seeing here is a real organic involvement, I think, of putting our heads together and our hearts together of teachers and creating a much more, I would say, natural way of developing professionally. Right. Well, we know as teachers how students in our classrooms learn. We know that we can no longer become professorial lecturers and expect for our students to care. But yet within the realm of professional development and teacher development in general, we continue to have these irrelevant, antiquated practices around professional development. And it stops now. Moreland, when we began our development in earnest at the, the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, decided that we were going to change the way professional development is done. And we were going to tap into the knowledge that we have about how teachers learn best to create a program that would support teachers. And since then, we've had more than 5,000 enrollments in less than a year in our no-cost professional development because teachers not only see the value of what they're doing, but they spread the word. We have district superintendents in our professional developments, learning about the important practices that we are bringing to the table at each of our discussions within the synchronous live classroom and the asynchronous discussion forum. I can't tell you how many district leaders, school principals, counselors, deans, professors I have met as a result of what we're doing as these school leaders seek out best practices in supporting the teachers that they are responsible to. So in, in essence, you're right. Teach Now, that later became Moreland University, knows what we're doing with regard to teacher preparation and engaging online learning. And the COVID-19 pandemic really provided us an opportunity to take that knowledge and help and be a force for good for thousands of teachers, thousands of students around the world. And as we move into this summer and we try new things in response to what you've indicated and we've noticed, which is that teachers want a little bit more subject-specific learning, we're mm -hmm. going to do the important work of of offering these conferences, bringing the teachers together, reflecting on what they do, looking at the impact of their plans on their students. And then we're going to go back to the drawing board and say, what can we do better next time? Because I'm going to tell you that in September, we will have something that doesn't exist today to offer teachers there because we're going to be that responsive. All right. Well, there you heard it. Uh, on the China education, something that's never been done before. I like that. And of course, let's go back May the 15th. 
2021, uh, Joey, and June the 15th, 2021. These are these big, uh, new, um, ready-to-rock uh, PD conferences from Northern University online. Yeah, absolutely online. How do people 100%. sign up to this? How do people well, sign up? You need to visit our website, moreland.edu. That's M-O-R-E-L-A-N-D dot E-D-U. And from there, you'll see that there is a professional development section of our website, and you will very easily be directed to enroll. It's important to note that we have continued to make these no cost because we are more concerned with accessibility, with teacher support, and with student success than we are with making sort of these professional developments into a money-making scheme, if you will. If you will. Mm -hmm. There are so many predatory professional development organizations around the world. And what makes yeah. us different is that we're a university. We were very intentional in becoming Moreland University. We wanted to show the world that we're not simply here as a product, although what we offer through the Teach Now Teacher Preparation Certificate Program is a fantastic solution to teacher preparation around the world, but rather we're here as a university to promote the development of new knowledge and the creation of community and through professional development to offer that same experience. So we continue to offer these no cost opportunities each month so that teachers, wherever they are, have the chance to, to benefit from the way we do things and to learn sort of these innovative best practices in student support and the hybrid learning environment that really is going to characterize the post-pandemic era of education. Are you looking to further your career in education? Teach Now offers a convenient online teacher preparation and master's degree program completed anywhere in the world. Reach now for Teach Now. Ain't no time for defeat now. Teachers get off your seats now. Future generations need you now. Work with people all over the world in a collaborative, activity-based teaching environment. To learn more, visit teach-now.edu. Expertise that is really outside of the box. couple of things uh, practical nature uh, on that Joey a, a lot of people when they do PD even though it might be completely useless uh, it can be useful for one thing and that is they can get continuing credits can't they that they can go to use Correct. to renew their license uh, I mean of course yeah. that shouldn't be what PD is just all about but um, in terms of you guys I know you're offering you've been offering uh, free uh, professional development sessions on many things uh, over the past year um, these ones coming up, the conferences, can they be used as a... Absolutely. As a, right, okay. We, okay, so we, are, we are not, uh, we're not, what's the word, um, ignorant to the most sort of uh, prominent reason for which teachers take professional development. They take professional development to renew their teaching credential. And so for successful participation in of our no-cost professional development, uh, which means that candidates attend the live virtual events, in this case, the then they complete the activities. Afterward, 
they'll receive a certificate of completion from Moreland University that lists the conference topic, the date of completion, and in the case of this content conference, a one CEU award, which is uh, around 15 hours of work is what we, uh, how we align that. But we all, we all uh, are also offering professional development that offers more than one CEU later in the summer as well. Okay. Okay. So it's a win-win. Uh, you get high quality, uh, innovative professional development, uh, connect with people all over the world. If you join uh, May the 15th, uh, June the 15th, these are the big dates coming up. And you can get a CEU on it. And as a win-win-win, gosh, a win-win-win, it's completely and utterly free. Now, the other thing is, if I'm over in China, and of course you're over in San Diego, I think there's a 15-hour difference now. Uh, Joey, I'm ahead of you in time, and you're back in time, which makes no sense. Uh, which Zero should prove sense. To all the listeners, should prove to the listeners that time is merely an illusion. It's not real. Wrap your head around that. I'm sure the scientists listening have done. Uh, but basically, are <laughs> they going to be able, people like myself, if we can't get on at that time, Will there be a recorded session of these events? How's that going to work for the, you know, out of time people? Right. So we are very aware of the fact that we serve a global population of teachers. And so we always will offer the same time, 12 hours apart. We have okay. an 8 a.m. conference and an 8 p.m. conference, but it's 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern time. That means that you have to look at the time wherever you are, be it in, you know, Bangalore, be it in um, uh, Santiago, be it in, you know, Beijing, and determine how that fits into your schedule. And I've got to tell you, teachers, when they see the value of this, they get up in the middle of the night sometimes to attend the one hour synchronous session. Because I, uh, one of the things that I'm, as the professional development officer, I've had to really make a decision, which is, do we allow people simply to watch these recordings and do the activities and say that they're done? And the decision that we've made is, no, mm -hmm. you're going part of this learning experience. We need you to be a part of the conversation, not just to watch the recording of the conversation. So we offer an 8 a.m. and an 8 p.m. option on the 15th of May and on the 15th of June. And then for the remainder of the activities, you will be able to do that at your own pace. It's not every day. It's one day for two hours. And usually it's one day for one hour, either 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. The recording of the session will be available to all participants so that they can review what they've done. But usually we try and promote sort of engagement and, and active participation and ask that people come and be with us in that session and in that space for that one or two quick hours of virtual session. Okay, love it. So it's a it's a it's about a couple of hours to start off with on these conferences then, right? Two hours of synchronous workshop collaboration. Okay. We'll do a quick keynote from Dr. Beatrice Pacheco, who is going to talk to us about the human digital brain and her book and how she sees literacy and really learning changing as a result of uh tablets and the internet and the way that students interact with information. So that'll be a quick keynote, which will help inform what we'll talk about within our workshops. But then thereafter, everything else is individually and uh, asynchronously on the schedules 
of the participants. Okay, you've segued nicely into my uh, another point I wanted to raise here, Joey. You alluded to it a bit earlier, but of course now, uh, what was that? A hu- the human digital brain. Is that what you just said? I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'd like to unpick that, but I'm being told uh, not to um, at the moment uh, from the researchers, and we won't because I'm, uh, I am hesitant of time, and we must uh, get this podcast out, and we can't bore people too much. But um, <laughs> moving on, I wanted to just mention, uh, with this kind of digital age, and as you said, the post-pandemic uh, era that we're moving into, hopefully, um, children, young adults are always submerged in screens of various sizes, whether they're small phones, big phones, tablets, laptops, big computers. And, um, you know, there are some concerns around that. And uh, again, coming to your conference on the 15th of June, 15th of May of this year, you're in front of a computer again. Where, give me the, the how it's going to be different, how we're not going to be just stuck on a computer, Joey, because call me old school, but I don't think the human digital brain needs to constantly be in front of a screen, whether it's for professional development or whether it's in a classroom. So in terms of the PD that you guys are launching and have been running are going to evolve, how's that going to kind of get people off their feet away from the screens and collaborate, you know, synchronously in a way that might not be through a screen? Right. Well, I have two responses to that. I had no idea we were going <laughs> to sure. go in this direction. I thought you'd have I'm a ready. response. <laughs> yes, I am so ready. So the first thing I want to say is that when we think about, quote unquote, being in front of a screen, I think we're really thinking about endless scrolling on social media, passive absorption of YouTube videos, reading and reading and reading without any sort of reason to engage. When we have our live virtual classes, nobody is sitting passively. And for instance, if you were to be in any of the classes that I facilitate, and yes, I teach every single month various classes because it's a huge part of who I am and what I do. I have my participants literally stand up, do stretching. We do something called a body pole in which I tell them to demonstrate how they are feeling or understanding using their entire body. I have people engaging in debates, creating mind maps, and my candidates consistently tell me that they are sweating by the time they're done with their live virtual class in front of a screen, if you will. So while I agree with you that we need to sort of unplug from the screens and get into physical interactions with human beings around us, when we take virtual learning and we make it an engaged physical process and an interactive process, if you will, I think that there is sort of a different experience than the mindless scrolling that has really taken over and dumbed down the human brain for many, many, many people who are addicted to things like social media. So there's number one. Number two, everything we do here is a launching pad for teachers to take what they've done with us and go and not only apply it in the classroom, but engage with their professional learning communities wherever they're teaching. They can go and they can take their unit plans and say, look at what I created with a teacher from these five countries. And let's, as a staff, as a second grade 
team, for instance, let's decide how we can take this and apply it in our classrooms. So I think the conversations that we start in our professional development, though it may be in front of a screen, really leads to more dynamic and meaningful discussions with colleagues in the school building, with students in the classroom, and even with families as we go back to an in-person and importantly, a hybrid learning environment. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it definitely is how I would approach that sort of important issue of creating boundaries around too much screen time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as James Bond would say, Joey, splendid. So uh, moving on <laughs> from that, uh, I have to say, um, and great, great answers there. And I think it made me also think to myself that because of the nature and how you're harnessing technology and connecting all of us around the world through the Moreland platform, Teach Now platform, the fact that you've got a screen in front of you, as you said, it's almost like being in the same room in a way. You are interacting, you are giving your opinion, you are listening to your peers. And so I think in a way, the screen can kind of, it's just a, it's a, it's a, a portal, isn't it? Because I can't it be is. in San Diego and you can't be in China. Yeah. If we as a society take seriously the need for social and emotional health, we think about the way that we're using our time, we think about the way that we're engaging with people virtually and physically, then we can create boundaries for ourselves. And the issue won't be that, for instance, the professional development is in front of a screen and therefore it is dangerous, but rather that we are going to decide that for this opportunity, we're going to get in front of this screen, engage with these people, become part of a learning community online. And then afterward, you know what? I'm going to go outside and I'm going to get in the sunshine or I'm going to go and I'm going to engage with people at a cafe safely with a mask on, social distance, etc. It's about creating healthy boundaries in life and recognizing where technology empowers us and where it limits us. Mm. And yeah, there's an advantage for you already. You might have a screen in front of your face, listeners, doing all this worldwide professional development, connecting and collaborating. But at least you won't be in a physical room with someone physically having to put a mask in front of your face. So what's a bit better? Right. I'd probably go with the online uh, thing for now. And um, hopefully uh, these um, these uh, things on our face will come down as uh, as soon as possible. Now, just a few things before we finish. A lot of people who've had bad experiences, and again, lots of our listeners, I'm sure, have had good, bad in between. You know, that's just the color of life. Um, there was one kind of quote that I really liked by one of these teachers, and uh, she was saying, you know, about the whole idea of professional development. She says, however, I wonder whether there are even more important things to worry about first, apart from professional development. I'd start with worrying about whether schools can provide teachers with a stable curriculum. Uh, with assignment to appropriate classes, with a healthy approach to workload to give teachers the space to think about their teaching, and of course a culture where teachers can teach and are encouraged to get better at teaching on their own. So of course every school is completely different. And again, I, I want to adjunct this to a, a, another quote I read, which kind of marries in with this. And it says professional learning needs a strong school culture to take root. Again, that word culture, which we'll come back to in a minute, Joey. Uh, teacher openness to feedback, a sense of collective responsibility, school leadership support for both instructional improvement and the chosen PD uh, makes a big difference in bringing about student gains. Now, the two key words I want to just 
finish off here and, and, and put across to you, Joey, get your thoughts on this. Um, and I know we need to be a little bit quick is the two words that come to mind when I read that. And I've been listening to everything you've been saying, do my own research is collaboration. Number one, collaboration is absolutely key in today's world. And you know what? Even if you don't go on the Teach Now Professional Development uh, Conference, collaborating with your peers, with your other teachers in your school, that's what needs to be happening. And if there's not enough space, and I've had this experience where you can go and chat to your teachers, fellow teachers, to see what's going well, see what's not going well, then that school's got an issue. And that issue is then going to move on to the other word, which is culture. And the culture of the school it needs to have the right culture to feed out professional development in any way they want to do, whether it's traditional, whether it's that lesson model, that action research model, or even using fantastic services like yourself, Joey. What do you think about that? Well, I think that you're really defining in a roundabout way the importance of a professional learning community that we as professionals in the educational sphere need to rely on one another, not only for the important work of improving our practice, but also for the work of building a, uh, a network of folks who can support us and who can help us to support students. So I agree with you that these professional learning communities that we develop with our colleagues uh, in the brick and mortar schools where we work, they need to be our primary collaborators. Mm. But for many teachers, mm. they are lone islands in their schools. For instance, they may be the only yeah. physical education teacher in the, in the elementary school. They mm. may be one of two or three world language teachers of the language that they teach in their school. So when we think about the value of collaboration, I think that is an important benefit of virtual community that we can create community, collaborate, and develop knowledge with people wherever they may be in the world based on common needs, preferences, and circumstances. No longer are we limited by the physical space between us, but rather we are empowered by the technology that brings us together. Now, with regard to the balance and the health of our teachers, a very dear colleague of mine, Faith Silvius, who is an instructor here at Moreland, wrote a blog post on creating balance in school, in work, and in life. And she started with having teachers think about their why. She, she writes, what drives me each day in my work with students? As the question that she poses for all teachers to consider. They need to be able to determine their personal drive, their personal motivation, and use that as sort of a lever for perseverance as they deal with the obstacles that they face each day. She goes on to list a number of steps that I won't go into now, but I think it's important that we create balance and that we be mindful in the way that we're balancing our work, our uh, personal lives, our physical interactions with people, our virtual interactions with people, so that we can be the healthiest human beings possible. Yeah, and and talking of, because I've just done, a, as I said, a, the Masters from Moreland in Educational Leadership, I think in terms of uh, PD, school leaders do play a key role um, in this. They do. 
Joey, uh, on do. the ground. You know, we're all on the ground, whoever's listening, teaching or, or whatever form of education you're, you're working in. And, you know, you talk about the limitless of space, you know, now technology, you can connect with everyone around the world. I, and I get that and I agree with that. But, you know, then you have schools where we have limited amounts of staff, budget constraints. Um, you know, as I said, a teacher can feel completely isolated on their own in the room. And with all that will and wonder of the why, which is absolutely hugely important. You know, why am I in the classroom? What's my what's my what's my motive here? What's my vision? What am I trying to do? Um, right. If the things in place physically aren't haven't been organized or put forward or listened to by the leadership above, then that can have huge social emotional um, constraints and effects on the teacher. And I think in a way what you guys are doing offers and I, and I love this empowerment. I think it offers, I almost, I almost feel like PD in the future, oh, we don't have enough uh, budget for PD. I've heard it so many times. That's great. Get rid of your budget for PD. All we want, leaders, is to allow us some time so we can go out and have space, like you said, and go on programs like the Teach Now program by ourselves. Empower us to learn. Self-organized learning environments. Sagata Mitra, look it up, anyone, if you haven't heard about it. Children can learn in groups by themselves, even without teachers, which suggests that right. adults do the same collaboratively. And so I say to all educational leaders out there, if you don't know what to do for your PD in August before school starts, then you know what? Don't do it. Think of, think of physical ways that maybe the teachers can collaborate and talk to each other. And that lonesome PE teacher that you talked about, maybe he can't connect with another PE teacher locally, but he can for you guys. But more than that, maybe the leaders will allow him some space a few hours a week where he can go and connect with other teachers in the school that might not teach PE, but they do teach to the same children with the same behavior issues and learning interests. And, 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 and they can collaborate and learn from each other like that. And I just feel from my experience a lot of teachers are on the ground and they have no time and that right. is a serious problem right and and just to quickly to your point um, about the fact that many of these professional developments are so structured I think that it is important that we offer teachers an opportunity to really reflect on what's going on and what their needs are and to have sort of this unconference or unprofessional development experience where they're <laughs> not there to learn, but rather there to provide knowledge. And that mm -hmm. knowledge can be as simple as this is what's going on for us. This is what I'm noticing with my students exactly. without the need to have the solution laid out for them by an expert. Yeah. Here, here. Mr. Pearson. And I think that's a great note to um, to end on. It's been wonderful having you on. And I just think a couple things. Let's go over again. May the 15th, June the 15th, um, the, the big Teach Now PD conferences are starting up. And so what we got was about one week away from now and um, and then uh, a bit over a month away for the June one. You can tap Correct. in at different time zones. Um, there's going to be lots of asynchronous, synchronous keynote speech, real, as Joey has talked about, proper professional collaboration. And um, and you know what? Like he says, you might not have all the answers, but by gosh, organically, when humans get together in an environment like that online, I bet a lot of answers um, will just naturally evolve. Right. Absolutely. And that's Chris, that's that's uh, said like a true Teach Now graduate. 
<laughs> right. And I, I've got to say, I want to plug one more thing here, Joey. And that, of course, is your I mean, we're all artists. We're all creating here, whether we're teachers or, or, or whatever uh, we are, we're doing in this physical third dimensional world that we're all in at the moment in this time. And of course, you are. Um, a wonderful musician. Uh, appear, oh, well, thank uh, you. Uh, uh, yeah, I've got to say, because you've just launched your album. Just tell everyone the name and where they can listen to it, because I think it's worth a listen. And, and I, well, as I said, you. I'm a musician myself. Um, when you create, it's a lot of heart in it. And I think really um, that should absolutely be put out there. Absolutely. The album is a place at the table. And I'm sure that if you were to think back to the things that I've said during our chat today that you'll find mm -hmm. that it's a lot about having a place at the table and you can hear these songs anywhere music is streamed including spotify pandora apple uh, apple play itunes uh, youtube amazon prime anywhere a place at the table joey pearson there you go. And uh, there is a place at the virtual table for all of you. May the 15th, June the 15th, 2021, Teach Now's uh, professional development conference coming at you all around the world. And if you don't get there and you're listening to this podcast with Joey and myself in the future and the dates have gone past, then absolutely go and connect again with Moreland University. Give out the uh, web address one more time, please, um, if people listen to this in the future. Every month we have professional development opportunities that you can learn about at moreland.edu. That is spelled M-O-R-E-L-A-N-D dot E-D-U. Wonderful stuff. Uh, thanks, Joey. And uh, to everyone. Thank you. Out, yeah, to everyone out there uh, who will take part in these conferences, um, really uh, enjoy them. Uh, they're wonderfully collaborative. Again, I've been there. I've done it. And um, I'm going to try my best to, to, to log on if I can find the time. But if not, as you said, every month there's stuff going on. And as always, this is China Jedi, people. If you're an English speaking teacher from anywhere in the world and you have a bachelor's degree, but need an official and accredited teaching license to get a job, get a visa to teach abroad, or most importantly, to learn all those things you wish you knew before you stood in front of 30 plus students, then reach now to teach now and secure a professional US District of Columbia license in as little as nine months. Online in no time, low cost, high quality, teach now, get in the game. Immediately receive a $100 discount of your tuition by signing up to the Teach Now program by the link www.teach-now.edu forward slash China Jedi. May the smile be with you.